Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. Well, here we are, folks, officially at the one-year mark of the pandemic, which is pretty wild to think about. In honor of that, we thought we would go back to one of the first shows that we did from home, back when we talked to writer Shea Serrano about his writing career and about how he was one of the first people who jumped on Twitter right at the beginning of the pandemic to raise money for people who who really needed it. Then we're going to talk to comedians Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner about a crazy bet that they made involving running an entire marathon with no training and having too much to drink the night before. Uh, Then we're going to hear some music from someone whose work has really helped me get through the quarantine, Waxahachie. Here we are, one year later, with another Livewire house party, which gets started right after this. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. How's it going? It is going really well. I drove past what I believe is your building when I was up in Portland last week, and I looked for the hummingbirds because you had spoken about them so beautifully. Yeah. Last week on the show, we were talking about our favorite birds, <laughs> and I heard from a lot of people who heard the show that that they're, they're big fans of hummingbirds as well. Like, there's just something really cool and magical about them. Yeah. I don't see any right now, but I bet you before the show is over... I will see one. And when that happens, I will interrupt whatever we're doing. And turn the camera? To let you know, yes, that we've got a hummingbird in our vicinity. Oh, I want to see. All right. Uh, speaking of which, this little radio show, should we get rolling? Yeah. All right. Molly, are we recording this? This is being recorded, Luke. All right, Elena, take it away when ready. From PRX, it's Livewire. Recorded from our actual homes, welcome to the Live Wire House Party. This week, with author Shay Serrano, comedians Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner, and music from Waxahachie. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, the host of Live Wire, Luke Burbank! Oh, thank you so much, Elena Passarello. This is my thank hummingbird you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, too. Our Hummingbird Sound Effects Department. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, here we are, one year into doing the Livewire House Party from home. 
Do you remember when we first started a year ago and I was dismantling my couch and setting it up around the desk because I thought that's what we needed for a sound booth? Like my gigantic sectional couch. And then putting it back together to sit on it. Like that was not, like so many things at the beginning of the pandemic, that was not a permanent solution. No, not sustainable. Mm -mm. No, but we've got it kind of figured out. And you know, it's it's weird to be doing the show from home. and, And of course we miss... The audience, I miss you. I miss our, miss our awesome crew of people. But there's also kind of some amazing moments that have that have happened here in the safety of our own homes with the Livewire House Party. Of course, uh, we always ask the audience a question. This week, we asked, tell us about a recent act of kindness that you've witnessed. Uh, we were inspired to ask this because we're going to be talking to Shea Serrano coming up here about raising money on Twitter which is something that he's been doing throughout the pandemic. Uh, We are going to hear those responses uh, in just a little bit. First, though, it is time for the best news we heard this week. This is our little positive news segment we like to do at the top of the show to remind people that, of course, good things are happening all the time. Yeah. What's the best news that you heard this week, Elena? This is the kind of good news. of It's like good news of the absurd. Um, the better okay. things happen for humanity than this, but none tickled me as much okay. as this news. Okay. All right. Uh, um, the Minnesota Department of Transportation did a statewide contest to name uh-huh. its eight new snowplows. Shout out to everybody hearing us on Minnesota Public Radio, by Woo-hoo! the way. So what did they name these things? Well, four of them are Minnesota themed. And they're okay. all just puntastic. Oh, man. This is so up your alley. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to try to name these without losing my mind laughing. Um, yeah. Plow Bunyan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, like the Got Minnesota it. legend. How about this one? F. Salt Fitzgerald. <laughs> oh, that is good. Okay, that's quality. I did not see that one coming. That's why everyone's car is rusted out after it's been in the upper Midwest for too long because of all the F. Salt Fitzgerald that they're putting down all the time, right? It's the great Crudsby of the... Uh, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't enter this contest, by the way. Had you known about it, I bet oh, you would have. absolutely. Well, and I would have done something similar to what one of the most popular voted in names was, a Prince reference. Okay. There is now a snowplow in Minnesota called the truck formerly known as Plow. Okay. It's just a symbol. It's just like... <laughs> That big. It's a snowflake with like a tail. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then right. this one isn't a, a, a Minnesota celebrity. It's just a Minnesota custom. There's now a plow called, oh, just going to plow right past you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea about, is it, it ope? Oh, that's the word, right? Oh. And I feel like you can just use it for so many different things when you're in Minnesota. That's right. <laughs> okay, the best news that I heard this week involved actually another shout out to uh, one of the Livewire radio stations, KQED. In San Francisco, oh, what? there was a, a guy being interviewed on KQED. His name is Tom Amiano, and he is a former politician. He is an LGBTQ activist. He's also a comedian. He's being interviewed uh-huh. about his book called Kiss My Gay Bleep. <laughs> I'm not sure what the latest ruling is on that word, so we'll just go with the safe version, Kiss My Gay Bleep. Ooh. And he's being interviewed on KQED, and he sort of mentions in passing that, like, 63 years ago, when he was going to high school in New Jersey, Mm. they deprived him of his varsity track letter because people suspected that he was a gay man. He wasn't actually out at that time, but it was kind of assumed to be the case, and he said he got bullied by— other people on the track team, even by some of the the, the staff there at Whoa. this Catholic school, enter a guy named Stephen Saxon, 
who's listening to KQED at the moment and gets an idea. How about I write a letter to the high school to see if I can get this guy his his varsity letter. Oh, my gosh. So he Googles around and figures out the school that this guy went to, and then he writes an email to the high school that says, I have no direct connection to him, with you, or even his primary political constituency— because he used to be in politics. Right. But I was wondering if you might consider reaching out to Tom and awarding him his varsity letter in the interest of healing old wounds and paying respect to one of your alumni. Holy crow! So the school, which is Immaculate Conception, mm. uh, gets the letter, and they reach out to the track coach named Ed Kirk, who was this guy's track coach. The dude is 90 now. What? The track what? Coach. <laughs> The track coach remembers him. They also reach out to one of his former track teammates. And both of these people confirm that uh, Tom Amiano was a great track star in good standing who should have gotten his letter. By the way, this is a lot of due diligence. I'd be like, just give him the letter. Yeah, You got to call the coach. You're like double sourcing this. That's good. Immaculate Conception, really taking the track letters seriously. Immaculate Fact-Checkion, it should be called. Hey-oh. Hey. So the, the school after doing the research, uh, realizes that they made a grievous error all those years ago, and they're giving the guy his track letter long overdue. He's 79. Oh, my god. This has gosh. been over six decades <sighs> that he's been bummed out about being deprived of this track letter simply for his sexual identity. Amazing. Um, the coolest thing is this guy who actually just sent the email randomly, Stephen Saxon, who is a cantor, by the way, for the high holidays in the Jewish faith, uh-huh. uh, he says— the greatest mitzvah is where the person doing the thing and the person receiving the good don't know each other. That is true. Like when you when you help somebody that you don't even know, that's where grace really comes into play. Yeah. So there you go. The story of Stephen Saxon oh. doing a good deed for Tom Amiano. That Beautiful. is the best news that I heard this week. All right, let's get our first guests over on the show this week. Now, we originally met them right as things were starting to feel really serious with the pandemic. Uh, Life felt very up in the air. Maybe that's part of why Brooks Whelan, who is a comedian, accepted this very, (laughs) very uh, impossible, it would seem, bet from his friend, a fellow comedian named Nick Turner. Uh, They told us about it back in April of last year. Take a listen to this. Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner, welcome to the Livewire House Party. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having us. Woo-hoo. Where are you guys at? Nick and I are in closets uh, two blocks apart from each other in Los Feliz, California. <laughs> Can you kind of explain the scene? You guys are what? Hanging out in one of your houses and you're pretty drunk. And who proposed the idea first about the running of a marathon the next day? Initially, my idea was I can just run a marathon. It'll be no problem. And then Nick put in some stipulations because anybody, not anybody, but you can like walk a marathon in like six hours or like eight hours. And I thought I would just do that. And then Nick was like, I'm not betting that you can walk a marathon. (laughs) So we looked up uh, average times for people who train and it was four and a half hours. And uh, then it got serious because I didn't know if I could run a four and a half hour marathon. But then we saw Oprah did it and made me feel a little better about it. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of our barometer. No training. Can I beat Oprah in a race? (laughs) Nick, for you, was this an attempt to make money? Was this an attempt to kill your friend? What was the (laughs) like? How how did this how did this come together? 
I think initially it's to prove him wrong that he couldn't do it because you don't need some fit friend of yours just uh, bragging about stuff that they, they're never going to prove. Also, I didn't think he would do it, not because he wasn't physically healthy enough. Like, he's lean, he runs sometimes. I just thought because he's so, he has such an unhealthy lifestyle. Mm. I thought I could maybe booze him up the night before and uh, kind of ruin his chances. And I did that. But I still failed. Basically, what my plan for training for this marathon was, was I won't get drunk the day before. And I failed. Uh, because, because here's what happened. My favorite wine store is in Los Feliz. It's called Lou. It's fantastic. It's only natural wines. And I was just going to have a six pack that day. Quarantine is not good for drinking. It's just no. like, why not? No. And then we went on a walk. And then during the walk, he's like, hey, look where we walked directly to. Lou's wine shop. <laughs> well, Lou has been closed during the quarantine. And they were doing like a little curbside pickup and I got excited and so we got what I thought would be you know my quarantine amount of wine the, the wine that I'll drink for the next month and it lasted a night <laughs> it lasted till two in the morning wait, yeah wait, it lasted wait. till two in the morning and that was literally the night before you were gonna run a marathon yeah. on the streets of Los Angeles yeah Brooks? yes so I went <laughs> oh to bed God. at two and I had to run a marathon in the morning wow oh. And I honestly, when I woke up, I go, well, now this is the ultimate test. <laughs> like it wasn't Because I knew I could do it. And then now I'm now I'm like, well, I'm, I did drink a lot last night. If I can do this, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, Nick Turner's money is incredibly motivating. I really yeah. want to stress his that. initial plan was to just leave his house, run 13.1 miles and then turn around. And I was the voice of reason. I was like, no, you have to loop back. To the house, otherwise you won't have any water. <laughs> He's like, I don't need water. <laughs> I did bring money so I could stop at a gas station and buy Gatorade if I needed it. <laughs> Classic marathon yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> did you have anyone with you? Were you keeping in contact on your phone with Nick or anyone else? No, um, I just, I shared my location with them through this app, this running app. Wow. Uh, and then I was just listening to podcasts because it got boring. Just podcast, not like there's no like workout motivation music. No, I, I for the last six miles, I was like, let's put on some motivation bah, 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 music. Bah, bah, bah. I tr I tried. I was like, I will listen to like you know the new Pearl Jam record or something. But um, it didn't. <laughs> I, I my joints hurt so bad I couldn't yeah. get motivated to run faster. It was just just literally like I just got to slog through this because that's all that happens is like my freaking joints broke down. Wow, <laughs> this is the Livewire House Party. Uh, from PRX, we are talking to comedians Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner, and we have to take a very quick break. But don't go anywhere, because we have more coming up in just a moment. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. I didn't see you there. It's that time of year again. My seasonal allergies are back. Oh, congratulations. But also, it's our spring member drive, which is happening right now through May 17th. Oh, I like that much more than seasonal allergies. Yeah, if you are not yet a member of Livewire's League of Extraordinary Listeners, well, now is the time to do it. Why? Well, because this League of Extraordinary Listeners uh, is what keeps the lights on over at Livewire Inc., uh, which is definitely not the 
association that we are part of. I'm probably a 501c3. They don't let me near any of the paperwork mm -hmm. or bookkeeping, and it's really better that way. Yes. Point is, we we are only able to keep doing this show because of support from our members, and we would love it if you could join us in that right now. Plus, there are all kinds of sweet perks, including uh, special discounted tickets to live recordings, on-air shout-outs, exclusive content. Uh, and, Elena, uh, one more thing that, of course, we would not be a self-respecting public radio show if we didn't offer this. If we didn't offer the most iconic public radio swag of all time, a tote bag. True iconic status. Yeah, but it's not just any tote bag. This is like a really good tote bag. It's got a second zipper, an internal zipper. Yes, whatever you want to put in the tote bag, that's your business, okay? What we're mm -hmm. here to talk about is you keeping LiveWire going. So head on over to LiveWireRadio.org to see the various member levels. It does not matter how much you are giving every month to LiveWire. It just matters that you do it because it goes a long way for us. So thank you. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, and reunions. Oh, my, there's so much going on. Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com slash livewire to get 15% off your first order when you use livewire at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash livewire and use the code livewire at checkout for 15% off. Thank you to Zbiotics for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Welcome back to the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. We're talking to Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner. Nick Turner made a bet with Brooks that Brooks could not run a marathon with no training. Brooks decided to up the ante by getting incredibly drunk the night before. On accident. And then <laughs> somehow, to just the shock of everybody watching online, actually did the marathon in under four hours and 33 minutes. And and this is one of the things I was noticing, Brooks, on your Twitter feed, where other people, particularly comedians, checking in on how they trained for months and sometimes years to just finish a marathon, and you were able to go out and actually do it with no real kind of intentional training. That's sort of amazing. I, I did a Twitter poll and an Instagram poll, and it was unanimously 80%, you're not going to do it, 20% of believers, but I've never been more confident of anything in my life than this, I will be able to do this, which maybe I'm just naive, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I loved it. It was a really fun Saturday. Like, Nick and I had got <laughs> drunk that night and talked about it. It was super fun. Yeah, I don't mind losing. It's just how happy he is. <laughs> with the fact that it happened is yeah. like the real devastating blow to me because it is it's there's no bad parts for him and uh just enjoy the money brooks but also i ran i just got done running today like what? i ran that saturday it's tuesday i just ran three miles yeah i want to get really good now this is my new thing it's my quarantine thing i want to become a distance runner dude you've wow. been touched by an angel a like distance there's <laughs> runner. yeah i will say this though brooks the photo of you at the finish line in a, a t-shirt that it looks like you found it 
in the LA river, like <laughs> you look, I mean, it doesn't look like you had a fun time. You look rough. Yeah. Also that shirt always had those holes in it. <laughs> it that literally started. That's how he dresses. This is the human being that I was betting against who wears shirts like that. Honestly, people have commented on that shirt a lot. I wear that shirt to movie auditions. That's my favorite shirt. Like when I'm going out for an audition. Are I'm like, you this a is... movie star? Oh, dang it. It's the shirt. It's been the shirt. Um, this is not obviously a specifically coronavirus related thing, but do you think the kind of general weirdness that we're all living through somehow impacted this or inspired this? I mean, was this somehow connected to all of this? Any challenge that you can have is fun right now, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what really helped it is there's the reason we're talking to you about it is because there's no sports <laughs> and right. it was like the only sporting event happening. And so maybe that piqued people's interest in it. Uh, which is, you know, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's also so weird that he ran a marathon and I couldn't even give him a high five. No, oh, right. He like crosses the finish line. It's like, good job over there. All right, well, I hope you can massage yourself. <laughs> Brooks, Whelan, and Nick Turner, thank you so much for being on the Livewire <laughs> House Party, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Thanks so much. That was Brooks Whelan and Nick Turner from one of the first episodes of the Livewire House Party. We recorded it back in April. Uh, an update on Nick Turner. He just wrapped up uh, the podcast Deckhead, where he recapped every episode of Below Deck, <laughs> which people love that show. It's, it's sort of an upstairs, downstairs yeah. thing on like a very expensive yacht. He was living in the bottom of a charter boat by the way, when he was recording Deckhead, oh apparently. So go check that out. As for Brooks, the guy who ran a marathon, it turns out that like after we did this interview with him, he actually developed something called iliotibial band syndrome. Uh, your IT band. Which meant he actually couldn't walk for like six months. Oh, no. But in December of 2020, he ran another marathon. What? He was sponsored by ASICS. <laughs> Wait, though, hold your celebration because apparently he chugged a Mountain Dew at the halfway mark of this marathon and that immediately caused him to collapse. No one's going to accuse us of being in the bag for Mountain Dew, apparently. That's a terrible advertisement. Uh, he managed to finish the marathon, but very slowly and then was rewarded with free shoes from Asics and apparently even more free Mountain Dew. Whoa. So, Brooks, we wish you the best, and uh, it was fun talking to you and Nick here on the Livewire House Party. A special thanks this episode to Catherine Schmidt and Scott Love of Portland, Oregon. Catherine and Scott are part of the Livewire member community. They are generously supporting us with a donation each month which we are very thankful for because it's how we are able to do the program. So a big thanks to Catherine and Scott for making Livewire possible. This is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarello. Uh, we have asked the audience a question as we do each week. The question was, tell us about a recent act of kindness that you have witnessed even a year into this pandemic, I'll tell you, any little mm -hmm. moment of, of human kindness mm -hmm. goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, what's the audience uh, saying are some uh, moments of human kindness they witnessed? 
Oh, here's this. Here's a lovely story from Samantha. Samantha says, we received a letter from a total stranger thanking us for being kind to her sister, who is our next door neighbor. The letter writer went on to say that getting to know my kids has put a smile on her sister's face that she hadn't seen since her husband died and that she actually left the house for the first time in three months because she felt better about life. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> You just never know what people are going through, yeah. right? And I feel like we all, I anyway, get very caught up in whatever's not ideal about my life on a given day. <laughs> and and I lose track of, of other people's experience and how like a very small thing can just mean so much to somebody. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Um, what's, a, what's another act of kindness the Livewire listeners saw? Speaking of incredible stories, how about this one from Irene? I saw a driver slow down to avoid running over a squirrel and then a little old man who also witnessed this stopped in the middle of the sidewalk to applaud him. Oh, <laughs> see, that's we started the show by talking about a, a, a mitzvah being doing something good for someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what else is nice? When people notice that you did something good, give you a little applause. Oh, uh, squirrels, I'll tell you what, that tail has done so much PR work for them. Yeah. Because if they didn't have those tails, they would be rats. And I think we would be... We would, we would be dealing with them very differently. All right. One more uh, act of kindness that a Livewire listener saw this week. Well, here's another animal one, staying on brand. Mm-hmm. Jamie says, I have witnessed my neighbor feeding the neighborhood crows. I'm not mm. sure if it was an act of kindness or if she's trying to form an alliance with them. As we learned on the show last week, crows are very smart. Mm-hmm. They remember faces. So if you're going to stay on good terms with some, well, with a murder of animals in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Make it the murder of crows, I think. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarello. Uh, let's say hello to our next guest. This is a guy who I've been wanting to talk to long before all the COVID stuff happened. Um, but then the pandemic hit, and I was even more fascinated uh, with him because along with having a new book out, he'd started using his personal Twitter like day and night to help raise money for people who needed help paying their bills during the pandemic. And, and you know, he was raising... I thought significant sums of money, but a lot of times it was for a $100 light bill mm-hmm. here that somebody needed help with or some other thing that was just those seemingly small bills that, that really can be life-changing. And this guy, Shea Serrano, was on Twitter just working and working to get a lot of those needs met. Amazing. Uh, this project was so well-received, he got a shout-out from none other than Barack Obama himself. Uh, he also had a new book out, which we talked about. So take a listen to this. It's our conversation with Shea Serrano from April of last year. Shay Serrano, welcome to the Livewire House Party. What up, sir? Shay, congrats on on this book, movies and other things. It is like the perfect book to be reading right now oh, because yeah. we all need to sort of step back from the news a little bit. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have known that when you were writing it, but have you been hearing that from people that this is like the hashtag content that we kind of need in this moment? You're the first person who has ever said that to me right now, but you're also the first person I've talked to in like three weeks. <laughs> so. Really. I'm I'm one for one right now. I'm 100%. Nice. Um, there's a really refreshing practicality, Shay, about how you talk about writing and how you got into writing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I understand it right, you did it. You started writing because you needed to make some extra money, and you were a teacher, and you had kids, and your life was complicated. Yeah, that's the that's the log line. <laughs> I was getting married. Me and Laramie were both teachers. She was pregnant with twins. The like three or four months into the pregnancy, she had these crazy complications. She was going into labor. She had to do, they put, like, rush her to the hospital. She had to do an emergency surgery. Wow. They put her on a, on bed rest for, like, they're like, all right, you got to chill out for, like, the next four months. If you start moving around, the babies are going to come out. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we went from, 
living off of two salaries for two people to now we have one salary for what's about to be four people. And, you know, teachers don't make a ton of money. I was making like 42 grand Mm -hmm. a year at the time, which is maybe about 1100 bucks, a little under 1100 bucks every two weeks after taxes and insurance and all that junk. And it was very clear that it wasn't going to be enough money to take care of a family. So I was just trying to find other jobs. And, you know, your your first instinct is you, like, apply at Target or grocery stores or, or restaurants. And each time that I did, I would go do an interview and they'd be like, well, you can't work when we need you to work because you already have a full-time job, so we, we can't hire you. So I needed something that, that I could do on my own. And I was just at home Googling work-from-home jobs, and writer was one of them. And I was like, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> I got a book about writing, and it was like six-figure freelancing or something like that. Was what it was yeah, right. And I was like, people are getting paid off of this. And I was like, well, if 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 somebody's making a hundred grand a year freelancing, I should be able to make like a tenth of that. I can make a thousand dollars, you know, every six weeks or five weeks or whatever. And so that's what that's how that all that all started. I went to the it was a pizza place by our house. They had a kiosk with a bunch of these like little neighborhood uh, newspapers in there. And I was I just grabbed one of each of them, flipped through them, trying to find who the editors were for each one. And then I just started emailing people. And uh, eventually, this woman named Frances, who ran a little tiny neighborhood newsletter called the Near Northwest Banner, um, she was like, yeah, you can write for us. We don't have anybody to write about sports. Do you know sports? And I was like, sure. I know, I, I, I know, I know all sports of every sport. <laughs> like just sort of lying my way through it. <laughs> so she gave me my first assignment. She paid me 15 bucks to write about the Texans. And then she gave me 15 bucks to write about the Astros. And then I took those two pieces. And then I went to the Houston Press, which is like our big alt-weekly. And I started pitching them. But they didn't have, they didn't have like a sports section at the time. Uh, I noticed it when I was flipping through the paper. So I was like, oh, well, they're covering like theater and cooking or food and music. And I'm like, oh. I know a little bit about music. And I could tell just by flipping through the paper that they weren't covering a lot of rap. And one of the tips that I had read in the freelancing <laughs> book. How to get rich was freelancing. Like, right. Yeah. One of the tips was like find a hole at a publication and try to fill that hole. Like, And that it just was like, well, they're not covering rap. I'm just start pitching them rap stories. And I did that. And then that was like how I got in with, with you know, regular work, three or four things a week. Then after that, it sort of took off. Wow. Uh, this is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank with Elena Passarella. We're talking to Shea Serrano right now. Um, back on March 12th, when I have to admit, a lot of us, including me, kind of were in the dark about how real stuff was getting with COVID, uh, you sent out a tweet that basically said, if you have bills that you're worried about, send me a screen cap and your Venmo and I'm going to do what I can. Um, what happened after you sent out that tweet? <laughs> Uh, a lot happened. Now, this is this is a thing that I've been doing on Twitter for for years now, for like maybe four or so years. I'm just trying to, you know, there's like d- direct action that you can take on Twitter because you're connected to everybody, and somebody could be like, "Oh, I'm, I can't pay this bill this month," and I'm like, "All right, well, I have some money in Venmo from like some PDFs I was selling. I've got two hundred dollars in there. You can have that if you need it because I'm clearly not using it." And so it was like a similar thing there. I had a little bit of money in my Venmo account, and I've done this enough times to know that if I do that, if I just post a thing and say, if you need help, come ask for help. And if you can help, then just grab somebody from this thread who's like asking for help. Mm-hmm. And that it always starts like a sort of small like that, and thousands of people start replying, and 
starts getting retweeted thousands of times and then other people start jumping in and it just becomes like a whole big thing. We did it. We did the exact same thing around Christmas time and it was like a, the, the same exact response. Pe- you know, people need help and other people want to help, but usually you don't know mm-hmm. how to help. Everybody can sort of, oh, cool, I can donate $50 to Red Cross or whatever. I don't know. Sure. And you do that and it's over. There's, it's very different to be like, oh, I can give this person who I can talk to mm-hmm. $50 to pay, you know, their bus pass for the month or whatever. It just, it, it feels different. People get excited about it. And I think they're just looking for, a lot of times they're just looking for a way to do mm-hmm. that. And every once in a while, my Twitter feed becomes a way for people to do that. Do you ever get any long-term follow-up uh, since you've been doing this on and off for a span of years? Somebody that got help two years ago that sort of gets back in touch? Yeah, that happens all the time. My favorite version of that is somebody will email me and be like, hey, 16 months ago, somebody gave me $100 and now like I want to do it for somebody else. Like That's always my favorite version yeah. of that. Uh, every once in a while, I get to meet somebody in person who like they'll show up to a book signing oh. and they're like, hey, I, w- I was part of your Christmas thing. And I this, this happened. I did a talk at a college uh, several months ago, a couple months ago. And afterward, some kid came up with his dad and he was like, hey, we responded to your Christmas thing. and We got like 1300 bucks or 800 bucks. I don't remember the exact number, but we we were able to pay off whatever we needed to pay off. And like, yeah, it's always cool when that happens. Shay, I I know that you've had times in your life where money was really tight, uh, hence your writing career being something that you launched just to try to keep your bills paid. What is your relationship with money like now? Like you've had some success with your books, but it seems like you really just consider it to be something that you can use to help other people uh yeah so we we grew up very poor i guess on the on the south side of san antonio uh, in, in like a bad neighborhood and whatever people don't graduate high school people don't people get in and out of jail or prison or whatever like that's the 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 life you're you're living on like welfare section 8 housing or whatever so it was like that my whole time growing up and then even through college of course everybody's poor in college and then once the baby stuff happened, we went from like being probably lower middle class or middle class to back to poor again, just trying to figure it all out. Um, so yeah, if I've, I've if I've spent most of my life living on like a very small amount of money, now that I have some money, it's it doesn't bother me to like I give some of it away. Uh, but but more than that, it it's like a, I don't know if you grew up a certain way, you know exactly what that feeling is like when a person messages you and says, hey, I'm looking at a bill that I do not know how to pay. I don't know what to do. Like, you know what that feels like because you have been in that exact same situation. And also, it's not very hard for me to raise $25,000 off of some tweets. Then why would I not do that? And I think at this point, uh, we've maybe given out just in straight cash, like (sighs) $61,000 or something like that. Just in like small increments, 200 bucks. 80 bucks, 400 bucks, whatever, just like that. But of that $61,000, I think of my actual money, of like my money and Laramie's money, it's maybe, I don't know, 3,000 bucks at this uh-huh. point. $58,000 did not come from right. me. That came from other right. people sending in money. And it comes like in various forms. Somebody sent me like $1.80 something the other day. <laughs> and right behind that, somebody else sent me like $300. <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Shay Serrano on the Live Wire House Party. The the sense I get, Shay, in 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 all of this, particularly this moment when we're all trying to deal with this COVID stuff and how you're really helping facilitate a lot of 
uh, charity and people helping each other out is that I, I get the sense you really are not trying to make it about yourself or build your brand or whatever, but you did get a shout out from Barack Obama and that has to feel, yeah. that's not why you're doing this, but that has to feel kind of good, right? Yeah, that was crazy. So what was crazy about that is that, number one, it's Barack Obama. Number two, he tagged me in a tweet. Number three, he tagged me in a tweet with Roxanne right. Gay, who's one of my favorite writers, um, somebody I've looked up to for a, for a long time. And then also he was linking to a story in the New York Times that they like put my picture in. Mm. And it was a whole bunch of just like really weird things to happen all at once because we because whatever at that point I had given away two hundred dollars or something you know what I'm saying it's just like this none of this makes sense at all now I'm telling my kids that I'm good good friends with Barack Obama my little my little niece was uh we're like FaceTiming the other day she's doing her schoolwork and she's telling me she was writing about Obama and I was like oh you should mention in here that he like he's my best friend my buddy yeah yeah this is uh, the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank with Elena Passarella. We're talking to Shay Serrano. Um, Shay, do you see any reason for being hopeful in the midst of all of this craziness and, you know, 10 million uh, unemployed at this moment and people hitting you up, needing money, bills going unpaid? Does anything give you hope in all this? Yeah, there's, there's like a lot of people doing good stuff. Um, also, you're going to see like how sort of resilient or, or tough a lot of people are right now because they're going to have to figure out some like hard shit that a lot of people have had to figure out for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I think more than anything else, if you're staring at a situation like this, there there are only two options. You're going to be hopeful and like work toward that or you're going to not be hopeful and work toward that. And like mm. if I have to pick between one of those two things, I'm going to be on that side over there. Yeah. Well, Shay, thank you so much for all of the really good work that you've been doing. Uh, you are listening to the Livewire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello, and we're talking to Shay Serrano, the writer. Um, speaking of which, we also wanted to talk about some of the other work that you've been doing uh, when you're not helping people pay their bills by way of Twitter. Uh, you recently put out what I think might be like the perfect quarantine book. It's called Movies and Other Things. And it is hours of fun because it poses a bunch of movie hypotheticals uh, like um, which action heroes are the best dog owners, Um, (laughs) things like that, that you could just like if you if you were hanging out with people, whether in real life or virtually, you could I could go a whole night on which action heroes are the best dog owners. Um, And since this is a a party here, the Livewire House Party, we thought we would have you play a little game that we are calling Would You Rather Pop Culture Quarantine Edition. Are you into that? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Shea Serrano, would you rather be stuck in quarantine with Austin Powers or Jar Jar Binks? Oh, God. I guess Austin Powers. They both are like obnoxious characters to be around Mm -hmm. for an extended amount of time. (laughs) But I I think ultimately you're talking about do you want to hang out with like a guy who has time traveled or do you want (laughs) to hang out with like – an alien who's a little bit racist, it seems like, <laughs> like a stereotype. So I'll go. I'll go with. I'll go with the time travel yeah. guy. I like how you because like I think of Austin Powers and I just think like of that person at our work. There was a guy when I worked at this one radio station, a guy who lived for dressing up like Austin Powers on Halloween at yeah. work. I think of that version of, but you're actually going like this is a person who's time traveled. There's some interesting yeah. knowledge to be gained. Like you're seeing the yeah, experience yeah, yeah. of Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. All right, Shay Serrano, would you rather be quarantined in the apartment from Friends or in Jerry's apartment from Seinfeld? 
Oh, Friends, absolutely. It's much bigger. It's got that the was it that glass wall yeah. that you can like in the in the balcony. Jerry's is what a little one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Like, no thanks. Yeah, across from Kramer as well. Well, that's the follow up question. Would it be okay for Kramer to keep coming over? Under the current rules. No, absolutely absolutely not. You stay over there. I haven't seen my sisters in three weeks. I'm sure as I'm not going to let Kramer come <laughs> in my house. I will say, uh, and I, I, I hope that the wrong people don't hear this, but there is, obviously for all the downside of this, there is a certain convenience to the fact that now we're legally prohibited from hanging out with some people. Like, they're the people that we really miss, I think, that we're FaceTiming with a yeah. lot and trying to be close to uh, sort of virtually. But then there's a few people that I'm like, mm, it's not the worst thing I can't hang out with that person. <laughs> <laughs> there's a line, did you ever see the movie Inside Man? Yeah. Yeah. By any chance? So there's a part in there where Clive Owen's character is is talking about the, like, there's a difference between being in a prison cell or being in like, or choosing to be in a place that seems like a prison cell. Like, it's a, it's a the reverse version of that, fortunately, at a, at our spot, I was able to convince my 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 dad. My mom is already retired, and so she's they li- they live like down the street from us. Um, so my dad was the only one who was like going out into the world, and we were able after a couple of days to convince him to stay home, like take a few weeks off of work. So now they're at their house, and they don't let anybody come over. Mm-hmm. We're at our house, and we don't let anybody come over. So we have like two safe zones. Mm-hmm. That we can move move back and forth between. I can't imagine what it's like to be in an apartment in New York right, yeah. right now. And you just can't even stick your head out of the window. I was doing an interview a, a couple of days ago with uh, this podcast called It's The Real. It's these twin brothers and they live in New mm-hmm. York. And w- when we were talking, I was sitting outside on the, like on a, we have a little patio. And I was sitting on the patio and an airplane flew over while we were talking and they're like, are, is that an air? Are you outside right now? We haven't left our apartment in five wow. weeks. You get to sit outside. Yeah. I'm like, geez, I mean, you're sitting in a closet yeah. right now. For guys. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a very yeah. spacious closet. So I'm all right. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. This is Livewire. It's the Livewire house party. We're talking to Shay Serrano. Uh, we're playing a little round of uh, quarantine. Would you rather, uh, would you rather Shay Serrano be stuck with someone who kept quoting Jim Carrey movies or someone who just kept saying that one line from A Few Good Men, you can't handle the truth. Jim Carrey movies, yeah? for sure. Yeah. The you can't handle the truth would be funny for a few minutes. <laughs> Were you an In Living Color fan? Yeah. Uh, who was not an Dude, In Living Color fan? That was everything when I was a kid. I might be a little older than you, but we, I mean, that was the thing we talked about every Monday morning at school, man. It was like, that was a game changer for people my age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So we're talking about... In Living Color and Jim Carrey. While I was researching for the movie mm-hmm. book, I had missed this a million times. Uh, but I'd see, do you know the movie Liar Liar yeah. when mm-hmm. he like can't tell? It? Okay. Um, there's a part at the end of Liar Liar. And again, I've seen this movie 15 times. We watched it recently with my kids. We do like movie night and we're going to watch a person's like, we're going to watch three Jim Carrey movies over the next three weeks or whatever. <laughs> Liar Liar was one of them. At the end of it, um, after he like stops the airplane and he breaks his leg or whatever, he's on the gurney. Mm-hmm. In the background where all the people are gathered, he is as him, as his character, Fire Marshal Bill, <laughs> he's back there as part of the people. <laughs> and I, I totally, what? I missed it. I've seen this movie so many times and I missed it. And it wasn't until I was working on the movie book and I'm <gasps> like, my, my radar is up. And then like a, it was like a tweet or something came around and some guy caught it and he like zoomed wow. in. Like, incredible. God, I spent so much time drying my upper lip out and trying to put it up and saying, let yeah, me tell yeah. you something. That was like my <laughs> one impression I could do in high yeah. school. <laughs> 
All right, Shay, thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, man. It's super inspirational. Uh, and thank you for uh, uh, taking the time to come on the Livewire house party. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me come on the show. That was Shay Serrano, recorded back in April of last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic, or at least at the beginning of when we started doing this show from home, Elena, which feels both like a lifetime ago and kind of like it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, here's an update on what Shay's been up to. Uh, he recently made news because he announced to his Twitter followers that he was going to release a new short story. You should think about this, Elena, as a writer yourself. Mm-hmm. But that his fans would have to pre-order the story without knowing its title or anything else about it. It's power. That's power. Yeah. That <laughs> means people are heavily invested in the Shay Serrano experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears to be working. He reached 100 pre-orders per day <gasps> since February 15th. <gasps> And as of this recording is halfway to his total sales goal for this new short story. Um, uh, the title is now out, and I feel like we're allowed to to reveal this. It's called Angel, a short story of ruination. And you can buy it as both an audiobook or a PDF. I love these new models of art making. That is a major flex. Yeah. Uh, you are listening to the Livewire House Party from PRX, where we've got to take another quick break. But stick around, because we will be back with some music from Waxahachie. Stay with us. Livewire is thrilled to be partnering with Portland's own Portal Tea this season. Formerly known as Tea Chai Tay, Portal Tea is the premier tea company in the Pacific Northwest. They make one-of-a-kind handcrafted tea blends like cinnamon churro chai and blueberry cream Earl Grey. Use the code LIVEWIRE, all lowercase, for 20% off at portaltea.co. Welcome back to the LiveWire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank at my house. Elena Passarello is at her house. And we got to get some music going here on this house party. Um, I have been obsessively listening to the Waxahachie album, St. Cloud, since it was released last year, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that it's probably been something that I've listened to almost every day Mm. during quarantine. And and this is the other thing. Everyone that I recommend it to, people I send the link to or play it for them, they all tell me at some point, oh yeah, I've been listening to that Waxahachie record. It's addicting. It's sort of eerily and I'm sure unexpectedly like the perfect album for a pandemic. (laughs) Uh, So we were super excited to get a chance back in June of last year to talk to Katie Crutchfield, also known as Waxahachie. Take a listen. Katie Crutchfield from Waxahachie, welcome to Livewire. Hey, thank you for having me. You are uh, where right now? Uh, I'm in Kansas City, Kansas right now. In a beautiful (laughs) wood-lined room with a, I would seem, full-size Elvis cutout in the background. Indeed, yeah. He's. I I would say he's like... Four fifths full size. Um, <laughs> okay. no, I, I think he probably in real life was a little bit, little bit taller. But um, yeah, this is my my studio, our studio, uh, kind of a little back house that we have. Oh, cool. And and you mentioned uh, when we were getting set up for this that Elvis shows up in all of your, all of your Zoom concerts. Have you been doing a lot of like this kind of stuff where you're like playing over the internet for people? 
yes, I have. I have a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I usually do it right here. Uh, so, so Elvis, he, he like, you know, maintains his position in the back corner. This, uh, album, uh, St. Cloud, uh, that you just put out has been in daily rotation at my house. Uh, my daughter actually tipped me off to it and now I listen to it a minimum of once a day Aww. and it's kind of the soundtrack of the quarantine. Are you hearing that from other fans and how does that feel to be the soundtrack of a pandemic to at least certain people? Um, I am hearing it a lot. Uh, there's a lot of great music coming out right now and I was very happy to um, keep my schedule and, and put out new music in the middle of all of this. You know, I, I feel like the record is hopeful and, and warm and kind of like reminiscent of the before time in a way that maybe people <laughs> kind of are craving right now. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's interesting for me because it's like much more hopeful than than music I've made in the past. So I, I kind of understand it. And um, I hope that that transcends throughout all of this and that after this is all over, people won't just like heavily associate this record with like a very dark time. But I also, um, I'm happy to, I'm kind of like happy to be of service, you know, like happy that people have the record and are finding some kind of comfort in it. So you're going to uh, play a song for us. What are we going to hear? I was going to play Can't Do Much. Oh, nice. Hey. It's almost like I asked your manager to ask you to play that song because I love it so much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a listen then. This is Waxahachie here on the Live Wire House Party.
Waxahachie right here on the Livewire house party. An update on Katie Crutchfield and what she's been up to since this performance. She has been playing lots of virtual concerts, including on Jimmy Kimmel Live. But you heard it here first on Livewire. Whatever. Mm -hmm, It's fine. mm -hmm, Just saying. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We had Waxahachie on first because we're big fans. Uh, All right. Before we get out of here, a little preview of next week's show. We are going to be celebrating women's history We'll be talking to Mickey Kendall, who wrote the book Hood Feminism, Notes from the Women That a Movement Forgot. Uh, Then we're going to be talking about the book Lolita with Jamie Loftus, who is a really incredible comedian and artist and performer. Uh, She has used this podcast to do a real deep dive and kind of reexamination of the cultural legacy of the character Lolita. Mm -hmm. So we'll be getting into that, too. Plus, we're going to get an exclusive song from Portland's favorite pink martini. It's going to be great. We will also be looking to get your answers to our listener question, which is where our social media manager, Ariana Donneville, comes in. Hey, Ariana. Hey, Luke. Hey, uh, what is the listener question for next week's show? Who is your favorite amazing woman from history? Oh, nice. That's perfect. We're going to be talking women's history next week. I feel like that's going to be a tough one to fit in to the... uh, the time. <laughs> no. She's... Wait, hold keep hold your fire. <laughs> Although, you know, the Khaleesi would never hold her fire, so how dare I? Um, I have a feeling there's going to be quite a long list next week. Mm-hmm. What's the best way for folks to send in those responses, Ariana? Listeners can submit their answers on our social channels. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Livewire Radio, as well as on Facebook. All right. And Ariana, we're very happy for you. But very sad for our show that this is going to be your last week doing this for live work because you are moving on to a big fancy job in Portland (laughs) where you will be doing all kinds of cool, exciting things. But congratulations on your new job. And we're really going to miss you around here. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so sad to leave everybody, but it's not a goodbye. It's a until I see you again. (laughs) Okay, we'll we'll see. We'll see you when uh, normal life resumes. And please. Tell Kenzo your dog we're thinking of him. Yes. I will. <laughs> Thanks. That's Ariana Donneville, our outgoing social media manager. And that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of the Live Wire House Party. A huge thanks to our guests, Shay Serrano, Brooks Whelan, Nick Turner, and Waxahachie. Live Wire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. 
Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Heather D. Michelle is our executive director. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. And Ariana Donneville is our wonderful Aww. social media manager. Our music is composed by A. Walker Spring. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixed this episode. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Cultural Trust and the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. This week, we would like to thank member Karen Nelson of Portland, Oregon, for supporting the show. For more information about Livewire, how you can listen to our podcast, skedaddle on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.